You're listening to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions, and I'm your host, Michelle Dawes-Burt. Fasten your seatbelts as it's sure to be an informative discussion and conversation. Keep in mind that we are not perfect, but we're empowered. Enjoy. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I am your host, Michelle Dawes-Burt, and as always, I'm super excited to be here with you this afternoon. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood here in Atlanta. It's cold, it's crisp, but it is winter, so just fasten your seatbelts. It is entitled to do what it wants to do. But today, the sun is shining, the streets are clear, and so we are glad to be here. My last show, we had the snow scare was really some snow going on and so my guests at that time were north of Atlanta way out and we did not want to take any chances so we did the show remote and it was a we had a great time so today I'm back in the studio (laughs) and I got my guests and they're super excited to be here but before I introduce them I just want to thank all of our new listeners and just give you guys a little background as to what Real Chicks Rock is all about we're all about creatively collaborating to connect and raise awareness regarding issues that impact women. And we do it by ways of community service, uh, public speaking, mentoring, and the arts. And we have been doing this little thing here, this little podcast talk show thing. Shantae is busting out the seams. She's busting out the seams. We've been doing this now. This is our sixth season. Wow. Six years of doing this. So April will commemorate us going into our seventh year, but we'll talk about that when we get there. But we love doing this because it allows us the opportunity to talk about the issues. I bring in guests or people that I feel are subject matter experts and we talk and we come up with solutions and opportunities and things that people can use as tools for their life right so amazing right 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 so today is no different because we all know there's a writer in you and i talked about this before with some other guests yeah hi fonda clayton smith i talked to you about being out there before but now i'm talking with two guests two ladies today i have shante lagan and melissa fox hi ladies Hello. Hello. <laughs> so glad to be here. I am super excited you, you ladies are here with us today. Um, first of all, Melissa, hey, you there? Hey, Melissa. I'm here. I'm here. Hello. Hi, Melissa. Yes, there's that pretty face. Hi, Melissa. How are you? I am doing so well. I'm so excited to be here to talk to you. Love seeing both of you. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. All right. So let's just jump in. So, Melissa, where are you from? Because you're call, you're Zooming in today, but the people don't know where you're from. So where are you calling in at? I'm calling in from South Jersey. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm, so I'm a little bit north. It's beautiful here, too, though, today. Okay. So okay. today is sunny outside and kind of crisp. So, yeah, I'm up in South Jersey, like 30 minutes outside of Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and raised there, Melissa, or just been a little yeah. bit everywhere? Every. <laughs> Born in Louisiana. I've spent most of my life in Louisiana. So every now and then, Michelle, you'll hear something kind of sneak out. Okay. You know? Okay. But, yeah, okay. That's, home, that's still home to me. Okay. So how, how did you get to Jersey? So I went to my, like, my senior year of high school. I was in North Jersey or uh-huh. Central Jersey. Uh-huh. And then ended up going to college at what was then Glassboro State and is now Rowan. Okay. So so I just kind of like, you know, made friends and kind of set down roots. I left for a little bit and went to Dallas, mm-hmm. but then came back. So I've been here ever since. Okay. And you don't mind that cold weather up there? Because I got out of New York. It was too much. Girl, look, let me tell you, I'm so spoiled now that if it gets a little hot, Consider even though I'm from Louisiana, I'm like, no, where's the air conditioning? I just can't stay it. So <laughs> I'm spoiled. You are spoiled. Good to have you, Melissa. Thank you for being here. Shante Lagon. Yes, ma'am. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And I'm I'm laughing about this weather situation because <laughs> being from Chicago. Come on, tell them now. I'm spoiled in the opposite direction. Uh-huh. So now I'm like, wait, it's forty degrees outside. Yeah, Hold yeah. on, it's thirty. Let me let yeah. me put on the layers. Let me get my coat. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> on you know there was snow on the ground when i was there a yeah. few weeks ago yeah. and um always good to be home always yeah. good to be home what yeah. can i say you love chicago i love chicago i love everything about chicago mm-hmm. i love the architecture i love the people you know similar to jersey i'm sure you just have really good you know salt of the earth people mm-hmm. um they're yes. going to keep it real with you 
Uh, the music, of course, you know, we love house music. We, we love, love our house music. music. Come on and so the home of house music, on, right? On, Gotta love on, it. Gotta love on. it. So how did, how is Atlanta blessed by you? How did we get you? Here? You know, we, we got, uh, Shantae here in 98. Okay. I started out as an intern at the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Mm, all paper. those That's years a ago. Paper, right? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was one of those things. Um, the internship turned into a full time job. Right. And I've been here ever since. And I've joked that I'm just going to keep moving farther and farther south, but I don't know that I can do Florida. Right. Too hot. Well, it's, it's a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of things. Um, I do love the Florida beaches. Yeah, okay. You know, we'll we'll take that. Okay. But yeah, Whatever. it started with work. It started with work and I've just been here ever since. Okay. So you've always been a little bit in the communication journalism yes. space? Yes. Always. 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 I knew going into school that that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, graduated with a, a journalism degree from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Nice. And, you know, again, just I had my own uh, hip hop magazine yeah. while I was in college. Wow. And that was really, really cool. Nice. Um, and that, I think, just kind of made it so that I needed to continue to write and right. bring people together. It's about right. that culture. It's right. about how we can join forces and yeah. communications writing is a way to do it. Okay. So, so Melissa, right. how about for you, dear? Same thing. Have you always had uh, some kind of toe in the water of communications or journalism or something like that? Yes, ma'am. It's funny because my, my degree was communications. So okay. I got a degree in communications All right. with a specialization in journalism. And wow. so it's funny because I was like, you know, I'm at that time, I'm going to be the next Oprah. But then realized that I don't have the temperament because I, back then it wasn't cool to be crying all the time if you were interviewing somebody. Right. So I just did not have the, like, I guess the emotional fortitude to be able to do some of those hard hitting stories. So then I ended up but taking everything that I learned, though, as a communicator into healthcare. So I ended up getting to healthcare. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. But using those same skill sets, I'd love to write, always love to write always love to talk to people. So being able to take that and then infuse it into what I began to do in healthcare and public health, it was a natural match. So, so yeah, that was my degree. My degree is in communications right here, Rowan University in South Jersey. You remember the first story or article that you wrote? So, all right, so I'll make you laugh. So my first story is my dad was wonderful. He would always try to encourage us. (laughs) So he knew I loved to write. And so I wrote this song, this uh, story, poem, back when I was much, much younger. And it was uh, called Hickory Dickory Dot. See? Total plagiarizing. So I got much better <laughs> after that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my, the first stories that I wrote were in college. So I was um, assistant editor on our paper. And so I would write there, you know, just kind of write what you were assigned to. But what I really enjoyed was being able to get into these really human interest stories. Okay. So the things that were going on on campus at the time, there were a lot of discussions around race and, you know, how to make sure there was equality and, and equity. And so being able to write stories on those and things that really resonated with me is where I truly, I think, shine. And I still have those articles. I still have them tucked away and go back and kind of refer to them every now and then because they're inspiration. And it really was foretelling where I would go, especially with my most recent project, but definitely with what I do on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. I love that the work that you've done in public health is right there Mm -hmm. synced up with the writing that you've done so many years ago. Like, it's just right there together. That's mm-hmm. awesome. You see how I yeah. connect incredible people? You do. You do. I love my And job. notice how you you are the connector. Like, you you are the reason why we're here. I so love my job. I there's love, that. I love doing this. For you, Shantae, when you wrote for the AJC, was there any article or story that you did that just impacted you? What, what was so, it for you? Interestingly, I didn't start out as a writer. Really? No, I knew that my best path to working within the industry at that time was probably as an editor. Okay. Um, so rather than kind of getting so hung up on the fact that I needed to have a byline, it was, let me get in here, make sure that I know the technical aspects of how to edit articles. Okay. And mm-hmm. that way I can write 
when I feel like it, mm. as opposed to having to be on deadline and having to be assigned a particular beat. So when I was at the AJC, I was a copy editor. Um, did that for quite a few years, moved into the marketing department for a while, mm-hmm. um, and then a few years later worked for Creative Loafing. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the article writing probably Started. happened mm-hmm. a little more because I was on staff, didn't have to write. But when it came to music and the nightlife scene, mm-hmm. oh, I want to write about oh, that. Oh, you have <laughs> you know? to say. You have yeah. Say. So that was really <laughs> neat. That was really cool to be able to express that aspect of my career and and my love of all things music mm-hmm. um, without having to do it um, on on the clock so to speak okay. you know okay yeah okay so how did how did we get to the space of becoming an author when did it hit for you you know I think probably similar to Melissa it's a matter of really I think we're all authors in our own way. I I think so. I do. do. (laughs) Michelle's like, no. I don't know. No, it's not. I struggle writing a blog. I struggle (laughs) blogging. But go ahead, you have the floor. Well, I I think that in whether it's a blog, whether (laughs) it's a poem, um, there is there is that element. I think of being able to express journaling, all these things, right? Okay. Um, For me, it has been a matter of wanting to really get out into the world some thoughts, some things that I really do try to live by. And I think, too, having come from a creative background where it was poetry and spoken word for so long, being able to transition into a space where it's cover to cover. Okay. You know, it's not the smaller pieces. Let's go deep. Let's talk about some things. And and so for me, that's what it was. How do I make sure that I get out to the people some things that they may want to consider? Um, and by way of detours is how, how I was show, able to do that. Hold, show oh, the book. Show let's, let's show the, the book. People, right. By way of detours. <laughs> yes. How to make sense of life signals and end up exactly where you want to be. Were, were you, were you, thank you. <laughs> were you in a particular space in your life? life that helped this um, come out? I was. I was. There were a lot of things going on, mm-hmm. um, particularly my father, bless his heart, mm-hmm. um, who transitioned two years ago at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to work on this project. I knew that there was something in me that I needed to publish. At the time, I was working on a fiction project okay, and decided because some of the characters were going through the things that I was going through, mm-hmm. that probably wasn't the best book to write uh, at that time. Uh. And so I transitioned to, by way of detours, really kind of tapping into some of these lessons that I'd learned, mm-hmm. stories that I'd collected over the course of many years mm-hmm. and thought, let's go there. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's put nonfiction out there um, again, giving people tools and some things to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Melissa, how about you? When did you know you were ready to do write a book? When did you want when did you know you was ready to become an author? Well, it's funny because I've actually written a few and they were mine. So, they, you know, was, I don't know, Shantae, if you've had the same experience, but, you know, as, as a, you know, the creative part of you, it's kind of hard to let it go. But I actually went through and finished a few fiction okay. books and stories and a lot that I would keep to myself because that was a way that I centered myself. That was a way to to make myself feel calm in the midst of everything that was going on. I always could go to my writing. And would and would work that muscle, and would mm. feel feel better. Mm. The way that I got to my current project, and that's no weapon formed. Yes. Um, I would see that there. Yes, we can. But yeah, the way that we got to no weapon formed really came organically with some of the a lot of the work that I was doing. So I've been in healthcare now, you know, um, some years, and <laughs> and um and kept coming across the same stats, the same statistics about black women. Okay. And, you know, there were, there were health disparities across the board and we hear about those a lot, but it was these, you know, it was about black women and as a black woman, you know, of course it resonates with you in a different way. So why, why do I keep hearing this over and over? And this is decades and decades that this is happening, but nothing seems to be changing. And as a matter of fact, it seems to be getting worse. So, so what I challenged myself on was to, okay, so let me dig into that a little bit more. Let me understand what's going on because everybody talks about it and everybody says, you know, oh, well, you know, this is bad, 
But let's really try to understand what the root of some of this mm-hmm. is, and you know, kind of really taking an epidemiological type approach. You know, let's kind of dig into it a, a bit. And so, um, so that's what led me in, on the journey with No Weapon Formed, and it really intersected with my own personal experience. You know, I had a health scare. And so that kind of that shook me up a little bit as well. So you're just really understanding how did I get to be here? How did so many other black women get to be here? How is it that so many more of us, even if you're college educated, you have more of a risk to die related to childbirth than a white woman who has a GED or, you know, or, you know, a different socioeconomic level? How is it that we are more likely to be murdered um, in intimate partner violence, but less likely to report it? Why is it that we are the ones who tend to get radiation due to mastectomies, but have the, like the we're the least likely to have some of the more preferential uh, preferred treatments? Mm. And it went on and on and on, stats on top of stats about young black girls being adultified, and you know all these other things. And and then you kind of layer that on top of the experiences that we all have that that are consistent in terms of having to carry a certain strength. Where did that even come from? Mm. So, so that's what what really had me set aside my, I'm like I'm like Shantae, I set aside my kind of fiction uh, approach and fiction exercises and got into this this nonfiction to really dig into what was going on with Black women and to give us a way to to be talking about it differently. Mm. That's amazing. It is. It is. I'm like, I want to know that's so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to know some of the answers yeah, to these yeah, questions yeah, yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of why, can why do we see some, it? Can you share some of the, maybe the top two things no. that you've discovered, Melissa? Yeah. And you know, and it's, it's no, it's the crazy thing about it is you really can trace this all the way back. You can trace this all the way back and doing research and, and all these different um, documentation that you'll find. So we all know about, you know, Angola and the slaves being brought over and the San Juan Batista and we ended up and where we ended up. But what we don't look at are kind of the things around that. And there's this kind of through line from that moment to today of how black women's bodies were not their own. And not only were their bodies not their own, but their actions were, were not, their actions were driven. And this was, so what we're talking about, we kind of sidebar for a second. There's the race part, but then there's the sexism part. And there's the, the piece about the being the black woman mm. that is so uh, powerful and that causes such um, negative reactions, even if it's, you know, something that, that people don't even realize that they're doing, it's unconscious. But it is a, a reaction, but it, you can trace it all the way back. And if you look year by year, decade by decade of how um, black women were either put into certain quarters or stereotyped um, or laws that were created to, to manage their, their bodies and mm-hmm. their minds. Uh, there's this one part of the book that I actually had to, when I was writing and researching it for it, and Shata, you may have gone through this as well, I had to go into prayer. Because it was so powerful. Mm-hmm. And this is a part about black women during the Civil War. And this was something I had never learned about before. And that was, you know, and I, but I thought about it and it made sense. You know, where were the black women? And what was going on was that these, these refugee camps, and you hear them referred to as contraband camps because we were, you know, we were referred to as property, but what they were, we were, we were trying to leave where we were and we were taking the children because the black men were all you know, if, if they were fighting or they were building artillery or whatever they were doing, the white women, the, the, sorry, the black women were still left behind. So a lot of these black women and these children were trekking and trying to find safety with the Union Army. But the Union Army turned them away. This is amazing, amazing research that was done by the sister Thophonia Glenn. Um, I highly recommend, I reference her in the book, you should look her, anybody should look her up. But they were turned away. They were blocked off. There was documentation where the where these generals or whatever were kind of going up the Union Army. Now, this is the North. This isn't the South. Mm-hmm. This is the North. Mm-hmm. We're, we're sending messages back, like, what should we do with them? What should we do? But they were cutting them off, turning them away. Thousands, tens of thousands were dying. You had these, you know, you, these refugee camps where it was largely children and black women, and there were some, there were some men there. But it was largely children, like very young and, and women. And so these camps were attacked by the Confederacy because they realized that these camps were being used to generate money for the Union Army. So they were being attacked. What they were doing, they were slaughtering 
these black women and children. Mm. Now, think about that for a moment. So when you talk about disruption and trauma in your DNA, these if children were being killed, women were being killed, um, you have families and lineages that are disrupted. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about slavery and the impact of slavery, that's one thing. But there was so much more Mm. that happened that fed into the trauma that's in our DNA. And so follow that line forward. So if you follow that and think about the trauma that that carries and the trauma that that, that is now internalized in us, how that gets passed down Mm -hmm. and how we can learn to cope and that strength. And so we then say, okay, you know what, children, I'm going to take care. I'm going to take y'all kids, y'all children with me. We're going to, you know, if we get sent back into slavery, if we survive that awfulness, that, that you know, that the death and dismemberment, then I'm, we're going to go back to the plantation because that's what we were sent back to. But now I'm going to take care of these kids. But I have to still stand. Right. I have to still make myself rise. Right. So but that comes from a place of, of pain and fear, and it's become so internalized. And then there's a part, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't want to say it all the time, uh, stop talking a second, but there's a part in the book where we talk about how we see ourselves uh-huh. and how this is all led into how we see ourselves. And so I think if we get this and, and black women, if we understand this, it will shift, yeah. significantly shift, not only how we respect our own bodies and our own self-care and how we walk through this life, but also help us interact with our sisters. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's one of the parts that was powerful to me. It is so wow. difficult. Um it is hard. Even in twenty twenty two, um, it's almost yeah. like ghosts or spirits or things are still tied to us as black women. Um yep. and it is a constant fight. It is. And just to just you know, just to be able to speak your mind. <laughs> to get people to understand that no is a complete sentence. You know, we're still dealing with that. Like there's a lot, but the difference between now and then is that there are people like you, there are people like Shantae, there are people that are writing books. Mm-hmm. So that's a tool. That's, that's something that can help us be empowered. There's mm-hmm. chat groups, there's the internet, there's, you know, there's so many different things now yeah. that can allow us to at least articulate that this mm-hmm. is what we might be experiencing because there was no communication like this back then. So now right. we have this platform to That's even right. talk about it. And right. it's not even just for women, men are leaning in too to listen because mm-hmm. they want us as women to be yes whole and successful. And we all know if we're good, they're good. And if they're good, we're good. Right. So we all, we're all trying to shake this thing that we've had on our backs for so long. And Mm -hmm. now we're starting to get in a space where there's no judgment yet. Mm -hmm. We're using the word trauma, you know, to Mm -hmm. to help people be sensitive to the fact of what's going to be said. But then we also hit them with, here's some tools, here's some strategies, here's some workshops, here's some conversations you might want to lean in on Mm -hmm. just to understand who you are and where you come from and what you're made of. And you don't have to carry this mantle. Trying to change people to stop saying we're super women, we're superheroes. That is not a compliment. It's not. It's counterproductive. It is not a compliment. It is not. Let me say it again. It is not (laughs) a compliment. It's not because we don't want to put on a cape. We don't want to have to do these things. But if people don't step in the space to help us to do it. That's right. We're going to do what we need to do to get it done. It's just like Melissa said, we will and have Have, over the course of generations. But I think you're exactly right. It is a matter of taking the help when it is Mm -hmm. available, Mm -hmm. um, making sure that people understand that it is not a a compliment um, to be that superhero. And, you know, again, we'll be there. Mm -hmm. We'll be there. Mm -hmm. Historically, we have been. But I think it is so important to understand that assistance. Let's do this together. Right. Um, It makes it makes a difference. Makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Shantae, Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about um, Detours. Yes. Yes. Tell us about your book. And what is it that people can expect when we pick it up and we read it? Yeah. What do you want us to walk away with? I want people to understand that the guidance is there. 
that it's that it's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've often said too that you always end up exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm. I really believe that firmly, and we take so many detours throughout the yes. course of our life. Oh but girl. you know, there are things that I just did not see coming. I'm sure you've had yeah. the same experiences. Yeah, and we have to learn to recognize those detours for what they are. Mm-hmm. You are sometimes delayed, but a delay is not a denial. Come on. Right. That's always right. got to be in right. the forefront of your mind. Mm-hmm. So detours is a collection of stories, very personal stories from about 10 years or so. Mm. And they're woven together so that people get a lesson out of each story. story. So one, and it's interesting, we were talking about help. Accepting mm-hmm. the help when it is offered to you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story that I share in the book about not knowing how ill I was at one point. Um, and a coworker, a really good friend of mine, shout out to Ed Adams, mm-hmm. um, realized that I was not well, checked on mm-hmm. me, took me to the hospital, mm-hmm. had to spend the night in the hospital. That's yeah. just how ill I was, but I didn't know it. Yeah. And so that was an example of somebody coming to the rescue, stepping in and saying, Saying, hey, I'm, I got you. Mm-hmm. And um, thankfully, all, all worked out. But yeah. I think sometimes we forget that we do have resources. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being one of the stories, I think also having having in your mind that no matter where you're going, you're going to touch people along the way. Okay. And so making sure that you do things in a way that comes from a place of sincerity, Mm -hmm. that comes from a place of generosity, Mm, you'll receive those things. Mm. Um, So I I won't say that it's, it's um, hard hitting facts and figures, you know, Um, but it is, is real. It's very real in terms of how we operate and how to, stay encouraged because mm. it's so easy to get discouraged when we are living day to day as black women, as women in general. Yeah. Um, it's, it There's can be people. tough. <laughs> people. That's right. That's Human right. beings. That's you know, right. it is, it's good to know that because what I've realized Shante is that, and I'm going to say it for me personally, we're not, I'm not always forgiving. We're hard on ourselves. We are. You know, man, I shouldn't have got with we that are. guy. I shouldn't have been. <laughs> we are. We are hard man, on ourselves. Man, I shouldn't have did that. Man, I shouldn't have gone over there. You know, you beat yourself up, but you don't understand. And I appreciate your book because it's a fabric. It is a story. Yes. yes. And in every experience that you have, we're supposed to learn something from the experience, right? Please do. Whether it's from the per, <laughs> either it's the about the person that we had the interaction mm-hmm. with or really That's right. ourselves. That's right. And I think it's a great tool for relationship building because oftentimes we don't own our ish. Come on, Michelle. Say we it don't. I'm saying to the people in the back. <laughs> oftentimes we don't own our ish. It's always someone else's fault. This is fault. But when right. you have these engagements with people, what is it that you were supposed to take away from? What were you supposed to learn that's from right. that engagement? That's right. Right, wrong, or indifferent, right? There's is that person's story, your story, and then there's the truth. But if we learn to be accountable yes. for our part in everything that we do, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good, but we yeah. have to learn self-accountability. That's right. And and remember that you are going to get wherever yeah. you're headed, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it doesn't... It doesn't serve anyone to hold on to um, grudges or yeah. to hold on to unforgiveness. Yeah. It doesn't serve you. Yeah. Go ahead, put it out there. Hey, I'm sorry, I messed yep. up. Right? Yeah. And let's keep this thing going. Yeah. I think it's exactly right. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't serve us. No, I know? think you block your blessings you when do. you don't forgive you do. and you don't forgive yourself because. You have to learn kindness. And I think that starts with yourself. Oftentimes we're not kind to ourselves. We're hard Mm -hmm. on ourselves, you know, with the mistakes that we've made or the engagements or things that we've done or just where we are overall in life, right? We're, we're getting older and sometimes we look back and we're like, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not doing what I need to do. And we beat ourselves up and we have to learn that. And and for me, I'm a faith person. Melissa says she prayed as yes. she did the book. I know you go. You know you are a faith woman <laughs> here too. So I know that our steps are ordered. They are. 
but it takes yes, us absolutely. time to get there, right? I think no, over no, just no. the more you live, the more you know that your steps are ordered That's and you're right. not in mm-hmm. any place by coincidence. That's true. Right. You're not. And I think that's one of the things that I have to bear in mind too. When people ask about it, it's, it's a spiritual book. It is one that if you were to sum it up, it is all things work together. Right. Like that is basically the through line of the book. And they do. Our steps are ordered. We do end up exactly where we're supposed to be. We know that we are called and we know that we love God. We know that we love God. And so that is absolutely going to work Mm. out for us, no Mm. matter what, even when it looks like it's not going to, um, even when those disappointments hit, you got to Recognize, and it comes with maturity too, right, Michelle. Right, you know. So, and Melissa, yeah. you know. Yeah, you have to have lived. You don't get this you, overnight. You don't. You don't. It <laughs> takes. It takes some time, and I think ultimately, I'm. I'm hopeful that you know. Here's a little something for those folks that might have taken a little longer. Right. right. Maybe you won't mm-hmm. have to wait until you're, you know, yeah. forty plus um, to, to get there. To right. Help. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And you know, I I want to credit both you ladies to your village. Right. Um, Shantae is very close to her sister. Yes. All of them. I know that your family and your sister keeps you accountable. Melissa, I'm leaning in because I know your sister, Anana Harris Paris. You guys are tight. And so I know your village. She's amazing. Has helped, you know, keep you accountable. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Shout out to her. So I know that's it. Melissa, let me ask you this. For those that have never written a thing, like you can use me as an example. I've been in this seat before and I keep coming back again. I blog, but I struggle. People say Mm -hmm. I'm creative. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) They say I know as a person as a brand, I'm going to keep it 100, right? I am a brand. Real Chicks Rock is a brand. And I know to attract other people to the brand, it's always good to have something that's an extension of you, which is like merchandise or a book. So for people that have never written a book before, what would you say to them to encourage them to get pen to paper? How do we start? I would say go, and you heard from Shantae as well, go to your authentic self, your authentic place. Uh What is it that you have to say? Everybody has a story. Everybody has something to say. And and it's all important. Mm -hmm. There's no part of it that I think people should judge and say, well, nobody's going to want to hear this. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sitting here listening to Shantae talk about, I can't wait to get my copy. (laughs) Mine is digital. We'll make it happen. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Mine is digital. I need a hard copy. <laughs> I'm sure you're feeling convicted because I'm like, wait, I hold grudges all the time. Let me just go. <laughs> oh, Lisa, no, no, no. Well, I'm being real. Okay. That's right. Okay. So I'm working, that's the I'm working on. But, okay. but I would say if you are going to do this, if you're thinking about this, you find your authentic place. If it's a nonfiction, there's a story that everybody's bubbling up. Something that's kind of in the back of your mind, you're like, what if this happened? What if somebody did this? Or even some experience that you've seen or, you know, come in contact with. That's a wonderful story that somebody's going to want to hear. I would say just start. Just start. Don't go into it thinking, I'm going to write a 300-page book. Right. Go into it just saying, I'm going to put my thoughts on paper. Okay. And let's see where it leads. Okay. Shantae, Mm -hmm. what say you? I agree. I agree. It is a matter of being authentic. And that's something that we always learn in in journalism school, too. Mm. You have to write what you know. You have to write in your voice. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't try to contrive some other voice that is not yours. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, too, that this really got done over the course of a year, let's say, because of um, an event called NaNoWriMo. Mm. And a really good friend of mine, shout out to Ken Bivens, encouraged me to actually, yes, yes, (laughs) yes, um, encouraged me to partake in this event. And it is the month of November, I believe, you are to write every single day. Okay. And so whether you take part in that or you just decide, all right, every day, 500 words, Maybe that's a little much. 
250, mm-hmm. you know, but I agree. I agree with Melissa. Absolutely. You've got to just start. Um, mm-hmm. Don't think that you have to write that 300 page book. This one is about 150 pages. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be terribly long. Right. Um, but I think just getting started and relying on your village, mm-hmm. um, Carlton Hargrove, mm-hmm. who's been on the show. Shout out to Carlton. Shout out to Carlton. He was my editor. Mm-hmm. And so I think that having people around you who are willing to hear you out and who you trust to to bring the yeah. project forward yeah. is really important too. I'm going to appoint you as my editor. That's now. fine. I right. do that. I do that. <laughs> I would be happy to. No problem. Do you think your book was a release for you as well as trying to help other people? Absolutely. Absolutely. When I think about things that I start out with, you know, talking about people who may or may not have been interested, right? Mm-hmm. Because we go through that, we go through that. And mm-hmm. it really did kind of help me to understand the mechanics of that. Oh. It's not always, again, a bad thing. Right. Things work the way they're supposed, supposed to. to. And so mm-hmm. I do think that it was a recognition for me. I also got a chance to um, talk a lot about my dad mm-hmm. and my grandma. Mother. Okay. And so that was also very good. It gave me a chance to reflect on how I was brought up. There's a story mm-hmm. that I share about cooking. I love to cook. And my grandmother taught me to peel an onion. And I mean, you had to do it layer by layer. There was no cutting off the top. <laughs> like, Uh-oh. oh my gosh. But these are the things that I think have instilled in me a certain um, fortitude. And I'm going to get this right. I'm not going to do it halfway. Mm. And so I think it was good to revisit some of those things mm-hmm. and understand how I'm made, mm-hmm. even as I encourage people to, to do it right. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, mm-hmm. don't be impatient. That's another chapter of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things that I know we often get caught up in, but you have to work your way out of. Is yeah. there a workbook that would come with that in the future? Come on. You know it. You know this. <laughs> you know this. There are four or five elements throughout the book. Um, there are, I call them signal lights, um, just things to remember along the course of your journey. Okay. And so that is absolutely plan B, um, not plan B, next step, okay. um, along with the audiobook. Nice, because I would love to hear your voice. (laughs) I'm tickled. I would love. I'm an audible girl. I'm an audible girl. And so I need to hear them. I listen to the books and I'm like, wow. Like, I get so much reading done through listening. I just, because when I pick up the book, I'm like, and I fall asleep. (laughs) It happens all the time. I'm sorry. I'm audible. Melissa, what say you? You're going to do audible too for No Weapon Form? I am. I am. So No Weapon Form actually has a couple of ride-along pieces. So in the back of the book, after we really go through all of the the meat and some of the wonderful conversations, we have some beautiful black women, including our beautiful host. Um, When we get to the end of it, there's a plan. Yes, yes. The first step before you move into healing, you really have to be able to lay your burdens down. And so we walk through how to lay your burdens down using power. So that part is included in there. The part that I'm excited about too, Michelle, is we have, you created, or I created an intersectionality trauma and stress assessment. So you know how there's assessments out there for PTSD, there's ACEs, there are all these other screening mechanisms so people can at least understand directionally where their risk might be. But there was nothing for black women and for our unique circumstances of you know, the intersectionality of racism and sexism. So the ITSA exists right now and women can go on, try it, see what their score is. And so, again, it's not a clinical assessment, but it is something that's directional like anything else. So you can understand, all right, am I in a good place? Or is my score a little bit high? Do I need to reassess my support system? Do I need to reassess my self-care plan? It is designed so that you check in every 90 days. So those pieces exist, but definitely the audible component we're going to be working on. Let me tell you, I took the assessment. Melissa. And I did. And I was, I was happy to see that I came in, I think at a 42, which was good. It was 42 out of 70. Uh-huh. But the questions that were asked were really something else. I had a conversation recently about, um, have you ever had to uh, maintain the household financially 
for mm-hmm. your partner. And mm-hmm. it is an incredibly stressful mm. situation to be mm. in. You can love someone mm. to the world and back, but it just brings another layer mm-hmm. into Not the right. situation. And so one of the questions was around, are you responsible financially, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Have you been involved with someone who's incarcerated? Mm. That's an, You know, that too. was yeah. another one. And yeah. I thought, what well, these are really... And they're real questions. What? They're real questions. They're real questions. Very real. Yeah. But you don't see them anywhere else. You do not. No. They don't exist. No. So, yeah. it's like you can't ignore that. That is part of our experience. That's a. <laughs> carrying the burdens that we do. That's it. You have to check in. And I like the fact that it's built to check in every 90 days. Like, mm-hmm. that just makes a lot of sense. It really does. And I think you, you know, any information that you can get. Um, you know, your support system, I think is really important Mm -hmm. too. You know, how can I make the most of these relationships? Are there people that I don't need to consider part of my support system? Cause there's that, um, you know, there's, yeah, you, you have your road dogs. That's a chapter, but then there are certain people who don't need to be Mm -mm. part Mm -mm. of that. Mm -mm. You know, I, I have my book, my signed copy. I left, I, yes, left, I left it home. I'm sorry. I really wanted to be here to touch it and hold it. Ah! But yes, it is. It's awesome. And these are the things that we need to have. And I love the fact, Melissa, that it is in the book and it, it helps bring the vibration up a notch. So we're not chatty little women yes. just complaining. Yes. No, we are really like, listen, this is, this is my life. This is what's going mm-hmm. on. And I really want to try to have a more healthier life. I really want to, and those that I love, I want them to be a part of it. It's not this, I'm woman, hear me roar. It's really like, how do we solve some of this trauma or some of these behaviors that have been passed down to us? Some of this is that what we've seen or witnessed, Mm -hmm. or it's been in our community, it's environmental. And so we don't know if we haven't seen differently or been exposed to differently, we we don't know that it's out there. That's right. So we it's you. So it's great to have these conversations, you know, to help us understand how we can pivot and turn. And then there's this whole other thing too, which I think it leans more towards Shantae and what she's trying to do in her book or done in her book. We we're not really trying to be like you know, like Shantae said, unforgiving. But mm-hmm. I think as life continues to happen for us. We want to be feminine (laughs) in the midst of everything that's going on. Like there's this whole thing about us understanding who we are and being gentle and kind and our femininity just oozing out. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it's just, it's a mixture of different things that we're trying to do. At least I feel that I'm working on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, It's a lot. It's a lot of different things, but I don't want to be, you know, when I was younger, I was this tomboy and no, I, you know, and, you know, rolling, snap my fingers and doing, no, we're not doing all that. mm -mm. We're not doing all that. We're not. And I'm not (laughs) doing all that. There's something to be said. There's something very powerful and serving. Yes. And I don't know that enough people get that, that mm. they, that they understand that it's really okay mm-hmm. to say, Hey, let me, let me do that for you. And not in a, yes. um, I'm, I'm trying to do the most kind of situation, mm-hmm. but like I was reflecting on this recently. I really enjoy helping. Like I really enjoy being that person. That's like, how can I help make your life better? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think that's just something that we don't appreciate as, as much as we should, especially as black women, you Mm -hmm. don't, you don't have to be so rigid and hard. If there is a softness that you can provide, there is a, Hey, I got that water. I I will bring it to you. No problem. Like we can do that. And even among each other, you know, like we're having Mm -hmm. this conversation, learning from each other. Yes. There is, there's an openness to that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that space. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you awesome. tell? I'm like, yeah, yes. yeah. It's really good stuff. <laughs> Melissa, for you and your book, was it hard to find publishing and things like that? Cause now listen, I've wrote, I've started to write down my authentic self and I feel like I have a book. So how do I get it published? What was the next step? What, what did you do? So for me, I decided to go the self-publishing route. I know a lot of authors are doing that because you can kind of own the process a lot more. Mm-hmm. I didn't want someone to tell me, you know, what had to be here and what had to be included. 
But I, I figured that was the way to really make it what I wanted to make it. Now, that was just my assumption. Didn't know if that was the right thing or not, but it works for me. So I would say that there are tools out there, and there was a lot of research, a lot of education that I had to go through. But there are some tools out there that do make it achievable for you. I would say, you know, once you get it done and get it out there, I actually hired a marketing team, though. Mm -hmm. So they're helping me to get out and promote it and position it where it needs to be. I still had an editor review it so that it was clean because I still wanted a very quality product. And I think that's what we should hold ourselves to. Even if you're self-publishing, you still have to make sure that it's a quality product. Mm -hmm. And so, so those are the pieces that I wrapped around it, Michelle, but I decided to go the self-publishing route for me. Mm -hmm. Because your book is so powerful, are you, are you looking to have it become part of the curriculum, like at least historically black colleges or anything like that? Trying to get it in you there? You know I'm thinking about that. Okay. I'm thinking about the convers The time is now to have those conversations. Right. And Chuck said something really, a really important point about, you know, us being able to to be open and, and share and, and not feel afraid to do that. And, you know, one, one of the conversations I had uh, when creating the book was with my sister and I. Mm -hmm. I asked her this question about, you know, what about sisters who are coming from a place where they have been, They've gone through so much trauma that it's difficult for them to be open to that. Mm -hmm. So you're starting at a different place than them. And, the, you know, sometimes they see and receive that differently than maybe what we intend. And we just had this wonderful conversation around being able to be as expressive as possible and get permission from them. So I think, you know, really starting to teach women and, and you know, especially the younger, younger women coming up through college about interacting with each other a little bit differently mm -hmm. because they got social media that's informing them in a way that we didn't have. Mm. Look, let me tell you, that's, yeah, mm. that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. Right. For yeah. better or worse. For worse. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole nother yeah. thing. Whole other things. We got to have another topic. Another topic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. So I think the schools are, are important because that's where learning is taking place. Everybody's in that zone already for mm -hmm. learning. So it makes sense. Mm hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I can see that. And I agree with self-publishing. That was the route I went yeah, to. Okay. Um, you know, it makes a lot of sense. You can own the process. I, I'm right there with you. Um, yeah. It just, it kind of makes sense. If you want to get it done, you know, and that yeah. was my, I was like, I want to get this done. I don't mm -hmm. want to waste any time. Let's, let's put it out. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you too, are you looking to get that in somebody's curriculum you know, or workshops? I'm, I'm more in the mind of developing my own curriculum. Oh, I got and you. So I think that's probably... Um, more important, you mm -hmm. know, um, it, it is such a personal book. I mm -hmm. think that it would be interesting, let's say, um, especially with some of the stories that I share, how that might come off in a, in a school. But nonetheless, um, it, it, when you talk about communication, when you talk about teaching openness, um, some of the check-ins that I think are necessary, that is very much what I'm interested in doing mm -hmm. and putting together. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about just for RCR, uh, for those that don't know, that's Real Chicks Rock. Uh, <laughs> maybe I, I, I need a panel discussion. I'm just, you know, it's just stuff going on. This is year 10. I got to do Come something on. with stuff. Do so ladies, fasten your seatbelt. You know, but, the, the you know, I have to just figure it out. I would love face-to-face, -face, but we're still in a pandemic, mm -hmm. so it may have to be virtual and you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to figure those things out. So Melissa, what's next for you? First of all, where can people find the book? We never, we said it, we held it up. It's really, I hate that I didn't bring mine. We no. show it, show the book again, right? Right. No weapon form. Where can they get the book, Melissa? So if you go to melissafoxauthor.com, mm -hmm. it'll take you to Amazon, but it also has some really, some, a whole bunch of other tools. ITSA is there. Um, you can also download some, some, inspirational and informational videos. So go to melissafoxauthor.com and you can access and order either the Kindle version or the print version of the book. Okay. And what's next for you? So what's next for me is to continue with this education. I really want to push the ITSA out more. Mm -hmm. um, I really want to have as many black women as possible start to know their ITSA. What's your ITSA score? Because that's going to lead into some of the things that we talk about in the book in terms of using power to lay down your burdens and then building your healing plan. And as a part of that healing plan is, you know, self-care, meditation, everything that's, that goes within it, eating right, just being mm -hmm. differently about your health. And then you'll start to see those health disparities come down. So what's next for me is to work on getting this message out, make it a movement. This is, the, you know, there's a lot going on already. I think there's actually a movement in place. So just joining in with that mm -hmm. um, to, to continue to, to push it out so women know 
what they have access to, what the tools are, and then what the path is mm. to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need so that. So good. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Yes, yes, we need it. We, we need, need it. that because we don't know. And I said to some people this morning, I was on Clubhouse, and I was saying the, the pillars for me is happiness, joy, mm-hmm. and peace, mm-hmm. and health. Yes. My health is important. It's so you, it, it is such a baseline it is for critical. anything that you might want to do. If you don't have it, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's a wrap. It's yeah. very important. And health can spawn into different things. But I mean, fundamentally, like not physical, emotional, to me, that's in the health space. So if those are not right, I can't. I can't count. I don't know my name. Don't ask me my <laughs> password. I don't know nothing. I am not functioning right if that is not, you know, if those things are not mm-hmm. on point. So this will be great because you're right, Melissa. Everybody's in different places right. of engagement. Shout out to the Sister Care Alliance because they taught yes. me that yes. my experiences or my trauma should not be belittled, you know, because mm-hmm. oftentimes we say, well, I wasn't raped and I, and I didn't experience this and that. And we try to minimize what we've gone through, but if it's traumatic for you, damn it, it's traumatic for you, That's right. you know, and it shouldn't be silenced and it has a space in, in the world of trying to get healthy and to get well. So I just appreciate that, that, you know, yes, we are all different And unfortunately, people have had some experiences that, oh, my God. But even if you feel some sense of trauma, that's your trauma and you have Mm -hmm. every right to express it and get what you need so that you don't live in a traumatic space anymore. That's right. So I think this is great. Look at Melissa. You, Shante, what's next for you over here? Well, you know, it's funny you were talking about owning your story and owning your trauma and all those things. And I think one of the things that we have to do is recognize that you don't need any particular qualifications, right? It is, it's your story. It's It's what you have learned, what you care to share. And I think that's probably the next step. How can I continue just like Melissa is saying to share these lessons, make sure that I'm giving people information, whether through workshops, Mm -hmm. whether through public speaking, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I love to do hosting conversations. Um, another one that I love. So I think that's, that's really where it's at is making sure that people get some of these lessons that I'm encouraging them letting them know that they have the the tools, they have everything they need, that they will get there. And in fact, you probably already are Mm -hmm. and you just don't realize it yet. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's really important to me. How can Mm -hmm. I continue to make sure that people know and feel, feel it, that Mm -hmm. they really, really do know it. Um, the other thing, too, speaking of qualifications, is I thought, well, maybe I'll go back to school oh, and get yeah. uh, a doctorate in psychology. Like, no. I'm, listen, it's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm thinking about it, y'all. I have not committed. Oh, <laughs> not commi- it's like I'm having the, oh, listen, yeah. I've had a few really good conversations with people who have awesome. had theirs. And so that's yeah. what I'm doing now. It's just, thinking, do I want to go that route? You You're know, going. You're going. well, Hey, you know, maybe you that's it. She's maybe going. that's it. So Melissa's going too. she's always going every time I talk to her, she's always <laughs> blowing you, Melissa, you always looking great over there. There's power in the pen. There's power that's in right. freedom in writing, that's right? Right. 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 Yes. You're much lighter because of that. I, I want to say this. I think that, you know, for you, Shantae, or at least for your book, just in life in general, and we're faith women. So I'll say, and I'll drop this coin on a Sunday. The enemy always wants to try to make us feel like we're the only one going through this. Mm, tell it. Isn't that the job? And also for those that are not whatever, whatever, toxic people always make you feel like you're going through something yeah. Yeah. that is strange or whatever, whatever. And so there's strength in just sharing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, we just want to make get your tribe together. That's I always it. say get your tribe yes. together. Get one or two that can come together, touch and agree yes. right, with you. Yes. You don't need a whole squad, 12 deep. You don't need that. <laughs> one or two people that you can be vulnerable with, right. transparent yes. with, so that you know, mm-hmm. and they can help you understand that you're not going through this by yourself. There's right. so much information out here to help us 
at least stand. That's it. Yeah. Not to yeah. not to hover over anymore and yes. have her head down in shame, right. but to at least right. stand and That's enter right. a room and be counted. That's right. Right? That's, That's right. what it is. That's what we right. need to do. And that's what I love about this platform, giving people the tools of empowerment. And and you do it. And I you do it. it. You are <laughs> bringing people together and yeah. sharing the information, Michelle. Mm-hmm. And you've been doing oh. it. Dad, been doing Dad. it. I so, love it. I love it. How can people get your book? Um, they can get it at shantaysays.com uh-huh. and that's C-H-A-N-T-E-S-E-Z.com. That's also my Instagram handle. Okay. Um, you can probably find me on Twitter under that handle as well, but yeah. I'm not an active, I'm not part of black Twitter. No, but uh, you're on Instagram. Say, but I'm definitely on IG, okay. um, Facebook, the same, but the book and a link to the book is on my website shantaysays.com awesome Melissa you have an Instagram handle too don't you can people get that yes yes. Melissa Melissa Fox author so you can find me there as well okay that's what we want wait I just made a note about Shantae Says yes 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 so what we're going to do, what I'm going to, we're going to do offline. We're going to get these books exchanged. I need Absolutely. a hard copy of yours because I have a digital, have Melissa's at home. You ladies are going to mm-hmm. share books. Yes. And this is yeah. what we're going to do. This was awesome. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. This was so good. Yeah. I enjoyed this. This I is did good. Too. I have this, too. This yeah. is what we want. This is what we need. Yes. So the tools are out there. I, I suggest if you love to read, ladies and gentlemen, please get these books, you know, because there's information and empowerment that lies with in it you know again we want to strengthen our community right we want to strengthen ourselves as women you may know a sister or a cousin or a niece or somebody that this book these books can help you know Mm -hmm. Um, we don't need to give gifts just around Christmas give gifts just because right right. you know what I mean we wait until the end of the year and be like what can I do what if you think of somebody that you know would be even enlightened how about this Everybody doesn't have to be going through a struggle. How about that? You could just share this book with people that enjoy to read, that enjoy being informed, and you know that they're going to speak on this. And and, and we want to kind of help people. We want to cross-pollinate this information. So don't keep this a secret. Let's get it out there. Michelle, thank you so much. I just got to say this before we go. First of all, happy belated Will Shakes Rock Day. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. That's right. Thank you. You are so, you know, just the the time that I've gotten to know you, the wisdom that comes from this woman. I am just telling you, every time, just light and sunshine and wisdom. I just love talking to you. I feel honored to be here today. Shantae, meeting you was wonderful as well. But but I got to shout Michelle out. I got to shout you you out. I mean, I just, every time I've connected with you, this energy, I love it. Love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Melissa. It's, it's not me, it's him. Um, you know, and it, and it's experiences and, and it's what we're all collectively doing, right? We've gone through some things and our goal or our charge is to help minimize or reduce other people going through what we've gone through. So if you know something, you should say something, you should share something. And as I'm getting older, I'm going to say it because I'm proud and I look cute. I'm cute. I'll be 55 this year. So I, so, so you get to a place in your life where you become wisdom or the elder. Like, so I, we we are cultivating ourselves as a community so that Mm -hmm. we can help pour back into the younger generation. And you, and you do this Uh. once again, you do this, Michelle. (laughs) I second everything Melissa said, everything. And I've been privileged to see the journey as well. I mean, season seven you said it's coming up yeah this is is going to season seven yeah this is this is a big year this is a lot of different things and for those that don't know the what the ladies are talking about i didn't say it at the beginning of the show um i got honored this week from fulton county board of commissioners um for january 31st is official Real Chicks Rock Appreciation Day. And so it's a there's a huge proclamation. I went and took it to get framed yesterday. So I'm super excited and tickled by it. Um this year, 2022 marks 10 years of the brand. We're gonna look to try to do something later in the year, but we'll we'll talk about that more. But yes, I'm just thankful, thankful to everyone. I'm thankful for my guests today. Thank you, ladies, for hanging out with me on this beautiful Sunday afternoon and sharing your gifts and your passion. 
passion and your talent. My hope is that other people that are authors or have a story to tell that you're not afraid. Don't be like me. Just get out here, be authentic, write your story, fiction or non, get a book right. out, you know, get a book, become an author. You got something to say. People want to hear yeah. it. People want to hear it from you. And so it, it, there's no better time than the present. We're still kind of being in a safe space. Yes. You know, you know, you're not out like you used to be all the time. <laughs> so while you're home, turn off that TV, get off that IG and all that stuff mm-hmm. and put pen to paper and, and make it happen. Right. All that's right. right. So that's right. my time for you people. All you wonderful people, you know who I am. Real Chicks Rock. I am everywhere. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, check out the website, realchicksrock.com. You need a t-shirt. I don't care if it's cold. You still look cute in a t-shirt. Go to the website, order your t-shirt. You need them because you'll blink two times and spring will be here. And you're going to be like, I don't have my Real Chicks Rock t-shirt. Go to the website, get your t-shirt, realchicksrock.com. That's my time. But before I go, I want to say this. Because I love Frankie Crocker. I grew up with him in New York, listening to him on the radio all the time. And this is what he would say to the people. He would say, may you live to be 100 and I live to be 100 minus a day. So I never have to know that beautiful people like you had passed away. Until next time, be well, take care, continue to rock with. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a product or service you'd like to have promoted during the show, please contact us at info at realchicksrock.com and we'll send you the details. We're reaching the masses and we would love for you to join us on the ride. Until next time, take care and continue to rock on.